you know, if a kid has a showcase, say in March, what are we doing in, say, November? How are we going to prep for that showcase? How are we going to train so that way we can be ready for that showcase? Welcome back to Moms in Baseball. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Diana. Today on this episode, we are discussing strength and conditioning training, and we have a special guest for you. It's Alex Puskarich. Alex has spent time with the Billings Mustangs in the Pioneer League. He has also spent some time in the Class A Advanced Daytona Tortugas in the Florida State League and in Greenville, Tennessee with the Greensville Reds of the Appalachian League. And he also interned at Cressy Sports Performance in Hudson, Massachusetts. Currently, he's assisting for a local high school baseball team, and he is the assistant minor league strength and conditioning coordinator with the Cincinnati Reds. This is his fifth year with the Reds. Welcome, Alex. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. So before we get into the strength and conditioning topics, did you play any baseball growing up? Yeah, I I got into baseball I mean, I think as I've seen pictures of me in, in diapers, you know, hitting off a tee. And ever since then, my dad kind of pushed me, I will not say pushed me, but kind of guided me into baseball a little bit more because he grew up playing. And I uh, played all the way through my junior year of high school. Uh, I did not play my senior year because I ended up getting hurt the last game of my junior year. And uh, when I played through the summer because I was trying to get recruited and then found out at the end of that summer in September, right before the school year, my senior year, that I had tore the ligament in my elbow. Uh, so could you just talk a little bit about that and follow up with, with what happened? Yeah, so um, it was the last game of the regular season, my junior year, and I was kind of our third pitcher. So I, I was tasked to throw that game before the playoffs. And in the seventh inning, I felt a pop in my elbow. Um Finished the inning, played the rest oh. of the summer as best I could. And finally, my mom said, you're hurt at the end of the summer and said, you need to go to the doctor. So we went diagnosed with a torn UCL, which is very well known as, you know, UCL reconstruction or Tommy John, as it's very well known today. And so I, I didn't want to miss my senior year of hockey as well as baseball. So I, we had surgery April 2002 down in Alabama with Dr. Andrews, and he uh, he fixed my elbow for me. You know, my dad just told me a story, and my brother had an appointment with Dr. Andrews. They thought he was going to have to have Tommy, Tommy John surgery. Excuse me. They drove down to Alabama to see him, and thank goodness oh, he did not. Yeah, no, he did not quite tear his UCL, but he came very close. Um, he had pitched several games in a row at well into like 130 pitches or so and just pushed it a bit much and my dad had warned him oh had warned him that's too much you need to tell your coach your arm hurts you need to figure out how to stop pitching you can't keep doing that every week and he was like I'm fine I'm fine and then woke up and he wasn't fine yeah anyway he was like the go-to person for the surgery is that right yeah I mean back then and there were two guys in the country that did it him and the guy in California and that's why I ended up down there and you know, now there's quite a few more people who have, you know, learned from him and that do the surgery, which is obviously not the best thing that we have so many people that do the surgery because it's kind of a, a, a pandemic in baseball mm-hmm. with the elbow injuries currently. So, Absolutely. So I'm interested, did you do any therapy after physical therapy after your surgery? Yeah. I mean, uh, the best I can remember is this so long ago, it was very, very basic. 
um, you know, three days a week, I was going to rehab and at my four month mark, I went back down to Alabama for a checkup to see if I could start throwing. And they said, yeah, you're good to start throwing. So they gave me this throwing program and, you know, it started out whatever, 45 feet. I just followed the program. And I mean, I never played baseball competitively again, so I don't. Mm. You know, I can throw a baseball now. I I play catch, you know, in my current job and I, I do what I gotta do for, for the guys and but you know, yeah, I never I never played competitive baseball. So I would say it worked, but the procedures now are a little bit better than they were probably when I had it in two thousand two. Right. So I have a quick question for you though. Did you do any strength and conditioning for baseball in high school? Um, I graduated a few years back in 2002. So strength and conditioning, just in general, I mean, it was more of a football thing at that point. Okay. Um, I played hockey. So we did a little bit of stuff in the off season, but it was definitely not a priority at any, at any point throughout my high school career. Right. So we're going to move on. How did you get involved with the Cincinnati Reds baseball team? Uh, I interned at Cressy Sports Performance in Hudson in Massachusetts. And, you know, I was, you know, a lot of baseball players there and, you know, playing baseball growing up. You know, I, I liked working with baseball players and that's kind of where my path and strength and conditioning took me. I was at a place in uh, Wisconsin, a uh, baseball like academy there for about a year. And while I was there, I was lucky enough to meet the Chicago Cubs hitting coach at the time. And we talked quite a bit when he was up at our academy for a weekend. And he told me, you know, hey, you should apply for professional jobs. So that's what I did. Um, every each off season that I was there for the two off seasons, I applied. And the Reds were, you know, kind enough to give me an opportunity to to work for them starting in 2017. And you know, I've I've kind of stuck around ever since. Nice. So what does your job entail? Like, what does the strength and conditioning coordinator do? So um, this year, I'm in a dual role. I, I am the assistant minor league coordinator, as well as the rehab coordinator for strength and conditioning side of things. So my main job is working with our rehab, long-term rehab group. Um, so anybody who's had a surgery or a longer, you know, an injury that takes a little longer to get better than someone that could just maybe stay at the affiliates, um, typically like a six week type thing or longer. Some guys may be a little shorter. So that's my main job right now. Um, getting those guys back a lot of, you know, Tommy John guys or mm -hmm. shoulders, you know, we have an ankle right now as well. And, you know, so that's my primary job. And then as the assistant coordinator, I, I help the minor league coordinator with, you know, budgeting or supervising other strength coaches and helping those guys with issues that may arise. Also, you know, helping out with technology stuff we're using and, you know, just trying to, to keep a pulse on, on everything going on um, the best I can, you know, outside of, you know, the rehab setting as well. Absolutely. So what is the size of your strength and conditioning team? Like, what is it typical for a minor league or for the major league baseball team? So the strength and conditioning department, for us, we have two guys in the big leagues. Uh, we have a minor league coordinator. We have an assistant, which is myself. We have one strength coach at every affiliate, full season affiliate. So there's four guys there. And we have two guys at our Arizona complex as well as two more down in our Dominican complex. So
So that would be eight, 10, 11, like 12, maybe, I think, maybe 13. You know, it, I wouldn't say it's a huge strength and conditioning department, but it's definitely, um, we're blessed to have that many bodies for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Do they usually do like a one-on-one or do they do it in like kind of the group atmosphere for the strength and conditioning training? Yeah. So during the season, you know, it, we only have so much time, you right. know, as a strength and conditioning department to work with guys. And, you know, it's a lot of it's we as a staff and in the leadership positions, we kind of, you know, provide our strength coaches with, uh, you know, kind of like here are the what we want to see. This is what we want to what we want worked on. And then it's up to the strength coaches to determine the best way to do that for every single player. You know, some guys might come in a little early to work with the strength coach one-on-one. They might have four or five guys in the gym at a time. Um, it's possible you could have up to 15 guys in the gym at a time certain days or, you know, it just depends on schedule with the manager and, you know, obviously hitting and pitching coaches and stuff. So we're communicating very well to determine what the best course of action is to get what we need to get done completed as well as them to be ready to play baseball every single day. Absolutely. So I know you do a lot for the preseason. So I'm just wondering, like, is the busy season, does it continue during the season? And how many days a week do the players work out in preseason as compared to during the season? Um, so I, I think that depends, I think, on a player's goals a little bit. And, you know, at the professional level, you know, we have a lot of conversations with each individual player, you know, and determine what they need to work on, what their goals are, what the organization wants to see as well. So I would say most guys in the off season are in the gym three to four days a week lifting, um, probably doing baseball activity that many days or more conditioning stuff, however many days a week, depending on the player and probably and the off the time of the off season, you know, early off season is probably a little less later to the, before spring training. It's, you know, they're maybe getting after it a little bit more. Um, once spring training starts, it's, it's crazy. It's long days. I bet. Um, some guys are outside in the heat in Arizona Ugh. and they haven't been outside in a lot in a while because they live in the North Northeast or whatever. So we get them in the gym, you know, two days a week, ideally in, in spring training. And then throughout the season, you know, a minimum of twice a week, they're, they'll be in the gym. Um, obviously this year being with some COVID protocols, it's maybe a little different at certain places, but that's the, the goal, a minimum of twice a week in the gym. Okay. Okay. So you've touched on a little bit about the strength training and kind of lifting weights and things like that. And so Diane and I are very interested in this, especially with our 13-year-old boys. So can you give us some examples of what would be an appropriate strength training? Um, and at what age would you recommend starting the lifting of the weights? Uh, I mean... I wouldn't say that there's a terrible time to start lifting weights. Uh, I mean, I, for example, I bought my daughter one pound dumbbells for her first birthday last week and she carries them around the house, you know, or she'll pick them up and set them down and squat with them or whatever. But obviously I'm not training her, but I wouldn't say that there's a terrible time. Um, You know, for me, you know, I think that 12, 13 year old range is probably the earliest I would say you want to try to do something formal. I've seen where, you know, attention spans can be a little short at times with younger kids. Mm -hmm. Um, So that can make it challenging to try to stick to a program. You know, I think I've had 12 year olds and 13 year olds who have done pretty well. Um, Obviously the lifts are very basic at that point and the weight's not so much a priority. It's just movement patterns and really trying to get them to move very well first. And then as they progress in age 14, 15, 16, then that's when you can, if they've honed a movement pattern for two or three years by that point, then 
they can really start to, to, you know, push some very decent weight and get stronger and which hopefully in turn makes everything else that much better, such as throwing or running or they're hitting or whatever it may be. Absolutely. So my newest infatuation is like the mobility training. And so I'm constantly on Instagram sending off these things to my son. So wh- how, what do you feel about mobility training? Uh, I mean, I think that's, you know, again, it's tough to make generalizations because everyone's pretty different, you know, and I think if a kid wants to go work in the gym and get, you know, get stronger and isn't working with a strength coach and wants to kind of do his own thing at the gym. I think that there's general mobility is not the worst thing. (laughs) Um, Ankles, hips, T-spine are three major things that, you know, we see and um, at the professional level that we want to work on and make sure that they are moving appropriately. Um, But I would say if if at all possible, work with the, find a strength coach who's going to do an evaluation and find out what you truly need. Because I think if you're just doing mobility at times to just do mobility, it may or may not be the most beneficial thing, just like, you know, anything else, if you do it just because you're doing it doesn't mean it's going to help. So Ah. finding someone who can diagnose, I would, I guess, diagnose a bad word, but determine what might be tight, what might be hypermobile. So maybe you don't need to do so much mobility because you're already very loose. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe you need to do more stability stuff. So I think that's, uh, that would be my big, my big thing. Find a strength coach who can help you out with that. And and even if it's, you know, online and the guy can do the thing through Zoom, uh, an evaluation and, you know, can get you a program that'll fit kind of your needs would be a good start. That makes so much sense. So I should probably stop stop sending Keegan (laughs) mobility training videos from Instagram. I will stop. Yes. (laughs) Um, You just touched on this, Alex. You had mentioned, you know, working with kids. Our kids are just about to the age where they're going to start looking at showcases and things like that. And everything's all about the measurables and what's their velo like and what's their 60 yard dash like. And, you know, everyone's trying to improve their numbers to stay competitive and hopefully catch somebody's eye. So how do you see strength and conditioning training fitting into that area to help kids, you know, or or young athletes increase those numbers? You know, the stronger somebody is, the better athlete they're probably going to be, right? As long, I use this line with my guys all the time, like if you're stronger four months from now and we keep everything, your fitness level the same, we keep your mobility the same, we keep your explosiveness the same, I guess, but it's going to improve if you get stronger. Would you not be a better athlete? And they're always like, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay. So if you get in the gym and you um, dedicate yourself to some time, I don't want to say away from baseball because I know, you know, I'm, I'm a kind of a big believer in still doing the movements and still doing baseball activity at times, but maybe you know, when the baseball activity is lower, that's when the gym should be more of a priority. Right. And then as more and more baseball starts ramping up, like towards the baseball season, that's when the gym time maybe or volume in the gym starts to to decrease. So it's almost an inverse relationship. So I think that would be very important for a younger, a younger kid. And I think it's also going back to working with a strength coach where, you know, if a kid has a showcase, say in March, what are we doing in say November? How are we going to prep for that showcase? How are we going to train 
so that way we can be ready for that showcase. It also depends, I guess, on where the kid already is. Has he been lifting? You know, if he's never lifted before, how do we want to do it? So a lot of factors, you know, individual factors that would go into a program for a kid. But, you know, I think that any strength and ability to move better would um, would definitely benefit somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to share those stories that you had right now about some of the athletes that you worked with? Yeah. So, you know, I, like I, like we talked about a little earlier before we got on is, you know, I, I was in Wisconsin for about a year, 14 months. And I had my second kid I ever started working with came to me, never lifted weights before, but he's already a big boy. He's six, four, about two forty, yeah. And, uh, he was, it was like end of November. Um, and he had a showcase, I think in like March we were in Wisconsin. So obviously we're not outside it's snowing and it's cold. And, you know, he told me, he's like, Alex, I want to hit the ball 105 off the tee in my exit velo. And I said, why not, why not shoot a little higher? And he said, ah, 105. I said, okay. And he was in the gym four days a week, got after it. He took it very seriously, worked on his mobility because he had some restrictions and in, in his hips and you know, he ends up hitting the ball 110 with the wood bat. Hmm. And, you know, he ended up throwing the ball. I think he was 93 across the infield. He ran like a seven, one sixty or something at like two forty five or whatever his body weight was. So, but he dedicated himself to the gym as well as working on his craft, doing his baseball. He had a throwing program with the throwing guy that we had and, you know, and he was a junior, I believe that year. And, you know, guys saw him in the gym. So I got, you know, I had another kid, same kind of thing, never lifted weights before really fast, but like kind of skinny, never, not really super strong, just athletic. And he got in the gym and did the same type of thing. You know, his velo went up across the infield and, you know, he was, it's just, they dedicated themselves to the gym. You know, I helped provide some tools for them and, and they came in and put in the work every day. And that's the biggest thing when, especially for someone who hasn't lifted is just be in the gym, be consistent, work very hard and good things are going to happen if you put in the work. So it, it's something that I try to push on everybody I work with is, you know, don't leave anything on the table, you know, give everything you have every day in the gym, on the field. And, and, you know, for younger kids, I always tell them in the classroom, same thing. Like you don't have good grades. It ain't, it ain't going to help you no matter what. So, yes. um, but yeah, I think it's just be consistent and work hard. Yes, absolutely. I like that. I appreciate that. Are there any new treatments that you're maybe researching that could um, change the training for athletes? I, I wouldn't. I would say that if if you saw my programs with the pro guys, and a lot of people would look at them and say, "Wow, those are very basic." You know, I don't use a ton of off the wall type movements. Uh huh. Um, I'm a big believer in very general. I, I don't know the big movements. You know, deadlift. You know, row, pull up push-ups, maybe some bench press, squat, lunge, like doing the very core foundational lifts, but doing them extremely well. Mm -hmm. And if you do that and you continue to overload them progressively, you're going to get stronger. And then obviously we throw in some, you know, maybe we have some technology we're using. We have force plates we use and some velocity-based training stuff we'll throw on guys occasionally to, to see how fast they're moving weights for more power or whatever based on the guy's goal. Mm -hmm. For a younger kid, I think it's learn those basic movements and learn them very well, be able to perform them perfectly and then slowly just increase the weight as necessary. And it would be it will be mind blowing how well how much that transfers to the baseball field. Awesome. If there was one piece of equipment you would recommend for a youth baseball player to get started, what would that be? 
a kettlebell. Okay. Um, I would find one kettle. If you could have one thing, I'd say one kettlebell. Um, whatever weight to start. I don't know. Maybe sixteen to. I mean, maybe it depends on how old the kid is, I guess, 12 to 20 kilos. Mm -hmm. And you can do a ton of exercises with it. Would that be ideal? Absolutely not. But if you could only <laughs> afford one thing, then yes, I think because you can travel with it uh -huh. um, during the season, during your travel tournaments. Um, it's definitely something that can be very useful um, over the course of, you know, a whole year or whatever it may be. Oh, that's interesting. Awesome. I don't own like any exercise equipment, but I have some kettlebells <laughs> sitting on the floor in my closet. So there you I go. I need those. Yeah. <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to touch on or talk about that maybe we missed? The one thing we, I think we touched on a little prior, but, you know, just during the travel ball season is, you know, like I'm not really around the club scene as I have, you know, very young children. Um, but it's it's making sure, I would say, making sure you're doing something strength and conditioning related throughout the summer, even if you're traveling. Oh, really? Um, you know, I, I think a lot of players sure they'll get after it in the gym in the off season and then they start playing baseball and they don't lift um you know if if you can buy a little bit of equipment to travel with and put together a very even if it's very basic workout a couple movements a couple days a week it will be extremely beneficial if you think about you know if you travel for say 6 months or whatever it is you're not really working out but you can lift twice a week during that 6 months that's how many more times you've been you know training compared to someone who does doesn't do that. It's just going to help, you know, push your training age up a little bit, which is going to help when you get back in the gym throughout, you know, your career. Um, you know, I, like I touched on before is I had a kid who, who traveled during the summer a couple of years ago, and he reached out to me and asked me, what can I buy that I can bring with me when I travel for my travel tournaments? And we bought, he bought a kettlebell, a TRX, and I don't remember, maybe some bands or something. And I, we had workouts he did twice a week and, you know, during his tournaments and, and whatever days we did, you know, we talked about to have him do them. And, you know, he, he's a very strong kid, you know, he just wanted to keep doing something through his six or eight week travel season that he had because mm -hmm. he was going to a lot of tournaments all over the place and, you know, Florida and he played here in Arizona a couple of times and I think he was in Chicago for some big, big tournament or big game that they have. And he, uh, he's doing very well now in, in pro ball. And, but that was his priority. It's like, I need to be in the gym. So I, I think that's something that a lot of players can look at and, uh, and, and try to implement into their, their, their training, um, you know, or their season, I guess, because you're not always on the road. You can still get in the gym or even do something at home a couple of days a week, ideally. Um, but that, that'd be the one big one I'd say is something we should look at. That's great advice. And I think especially, you know, for kids like our kids age around 13, mm -hmm. 14, who are just starting to think about taking stuff like that really seriously is that I think we understand or they understand that they should be working on strength and conditioning, especially like in the preseason or in the off season. But it doesn't just stop because they're in the thick of the, the travel baseball season. They should should keep working. Absolutely. Well, that's all that we have today, Alex. We really appreciate you coming on here and talking to us. Of course, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Alex. Have a good night. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Alex has graciously agreed to answer any questions that people may have, or if you just like to reach out, you can contact him at pftrainingaz at gmail.com. That's pftrainingaz at gmail.com. Or you can message him on Instagram. His handle is alex underscore puskarich, which is P-U-S-K. 
K-A-R-I-C-H. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is at Moms and Baseball. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on your podcast player. If you are enjoying us, make sure you give us a review and a great rating. On deck for next week, we're going to be reviewing more tournaments. Until then, have fun at the field. We'll see you next week. I got to think now, Diana. (laughs) Uh, So late. (laughs) I know.